Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a living clean study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Living Clean. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide a commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then our participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions, and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is episode eight, uh, Living Clean Study for the Anonymous podcast. We're going to begin on page 20 with Yes, We Are, but first we're going to give some introductions. So, Brian, can you jump on in, introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Brian. I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date is 11-18-2019, and I attend meetings in southwestern Pennsylvania. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. What's up, Barb? Hi, Douglas. I'm Barb, an addict in Florida. My clean date is October 4th, 1995, and I my home group is the Open Minds in New Orleans. Thanks, Barb. What's up, Lee? Lee Attic. Uh, clean date is 8-27-87, and my home group is the Open Mind Group of Narcotics Anonymous, and I go to meetings virtually right now. Thanks, Lee. What's up, Eva? Hi, everybody. Eva P. here. Um, my clean date is 6-10-2000. I attend meetings in the Mid-Willamette Valley area of Narcotics Anonymous, and I'm starting a new meeting tonight, and that'll be my home group. As soon as we come up with a name, I'll share it with you. All right. All right. Thanks, Eva. What's up, Jane? Hey, Jane A here from Salem, Oregon. Clean date, 12-22-79. And I will be attending that new meeting that Eva is starting. My home group is the meeting I started on Thursday noon. All right. Thanks, Jane. What's up, Paul? Paul M. I, my clean date is January 6, 1995, and I attend meetings in New Orleans, Louisiana. Thanks, Paul. What's up, Jen? Hey, everyone. My name is Jennifer, and I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27, 1992, and I attend meetings in Sacramento, California. All right. Thanks, Jen. And our guest this evening, come on in, introduce yourself, Des. Hi, everybody. I'm an addict named Des. I'm uh, from Wisconsin. My clean date is July 24th, 1995. And my home group is We Choose to Live out of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, which offers a hybrid solution right now. All right. Thanks, Des, and welcome. And folks, I'm an addict named Douglas. I got clean March 12, 2000 in southwestern PA, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, everyone. So Living Clean Study for the Anonymous podcast is episode Number eight, we're going to begin on page 20 with Yes, We Are, and Eva P is going to facilitate. Eva, take it away. Thanks, Doug. How about, Jennifer, you start the uh, reading tonight with these last two paragraphs of this chapter. All right. Uh, yes, we are a vision of hope, as the basic text says. This book is about seeing that hope as something that always grows drawing us forward throughout our recovery and throughout our lives. We don't just recover, we thrive. The NA program gives us the tools, gives us tools for living. The work is never ending and the rewards of living the program are ongoing as well. We work to improve our circumstances, creating and recreating a life that matches our vision for ourselves. Often the change we seek is in our ideas and attitudes. We learn to see the world more clearly. We are so grateful for the recovery we can see in ourselves and the people around us. Great rewards are always waiting for us if we are willing to make the effort. Narcotics Anonymous is a bridge to life and a path we can walk throughout our lives. The gift is freedom. Each level of freedom we experience opens us to greater freedom beyond, just as each level of awareness allows us to recognize how much we do not yet see. Although we may live very differently from one, of one another, we share the same journey. We are so grateful that to have found recovery, to be living clean, and to know wherever we are in our travels, the journey continues. Wow. 
this uh this really kind of hit home for me in a, in a couple different spots uh, where it says we work to improve our circumstances, creating and re recreating a life that matched, matches our visions for our vision for ourselves. Um, and, and, and it talked about freedom in the next paragraph, but for me, the freedom ties into being able to recreate, create and recreate uh, my life. Um, and I, I'm really in a place today where I'm doing some of that recreating of my life. Um, and I'm willing to make the effort to make the changes that need to be made. And all of that, um, you know, I've learned over the last so many years of, you know, being a member and participating in my recovery. And, and the one thing that I really, what I'm seeking today is different than I think what I've done in the past where um, I've created this environment for myself where I'm more willing to listen to my higher power. I'm more willing to sit still and meditate and figure out what the answers are instead of trying to create the answers for myself. Because what happens is when I decide that I know all the answers, um, you know, everything kind of blows up. Um, and, um, and every um, set of steps I've done, one of my largest character defects is control. And after 28 years, I would think that I had a handle on that, um, and I don't. Um, but what I have um, is a daily reprieve. I get a daily reprieve from that um, in seeking the freedom that I get from my higher power and from this program. And, um, and, and that's the change for me today. And so in recreating this new piece of my life, um, I'm not in control. And, and then there's been some scenarios where I've attempted to control it and it's blown up in my face. And so I just kind of like put my hands up and go, okay, like, I'm just going to take this day by day. I'm going to check in every morning. I'm going to do my meditation. I'm going to do my prayers. Um, and I'm going to stay in the solution. And, and so far it's been a really fantastic ride, um, with a few hiccups here and there. Um, but what I can say is that despite change, which is, I'm not great at, um, and it's always really uncomfortable. This is the most comfortable I've been in change and recreation that I've ever been in my life. And, um, and I attribute all of that to uh, being still and being quiet um, and trusting somebody other than myself. Um, and that's it. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Uh, anybody else on those two chapters? All right, well, let's move on to the ties that bind. Why don't we have Barbara, why don't you read the first couple of paragraphs and share on those? Sure. Thanks, Eva. Narcotics Anonymous is a program of action, not theory. We don't think our way into a new way of living. We live our way into a new way of thinking. Before we got clean, our identity was built on fantasy, who we could be, would be, should be, or even who we used to be. In recovery, we connect with reality through action. We show up and do our part. We, exper we experiment with jobs, relationships, and service commitments. Some of us begin simply by trying to keep a house plan alive. Whenever we start, each of us ventures out into the world clean and tries something new. We learn who we are by taking a stand, taking risks, and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. Even when we make mistakes, we can learn something vital about ourselves. We identify as addicts and the principle of anonymity teaches us that this is the most important thing. If we forget we have a deadly disease, it doesn't really matter who or what else we think we are. But once we are clear about that and get used to the idea of being clean, all kinds of possibilities open up to, open up to us. As recovering addicts, we are free to explore the world and to consider who we are and who we want to become. An experienced member suggested that the whole trick to living is figuring out who we are and doing it on purpose. Um, I like that it's a program of action, not theory, you know, because it is action. And they told me that I had to have the faith of a mustard seed when I first came in. And that's what I find little, little things that builds on itself in recovery and, and, and I can, um, I, that part about the plant, I can remember early in recovery being told to get a plant, you know, and I think I had a plant for all these years and then it died. 
you know, but um, I don't know. I like this. I liked where it talked about um, about reality because I can remember my first sponsor telling me over and over again in early recovery, that's not reality, Barb. That's not reality. You know, so I came in um, pretty paranoid, pretty um, not trusting and pretty much not in reality. And today, today I can stay in reality. You know, I live in reality today and the world is still ugly sometimes, but I can face it with you guys and with the God of my understanding, I, I can face it. And I can, I can see the good, you know, I used to, I guess I'm negative by nature. Today I can see the good, even in the worst, you know, and my sponsor always tells me, be the change I want to see in the world, you know, so I try to remember that too, you know, so um, I'm grateful to be here. Thanks. Thank you, Barbara. Doug, jump in. Yeah, thanks, Eva. Um, like this too, you know, we live our way into a new, new way of thinking. Um, you know, I can, along with thinking too, I could put like feeling in there, right? Like we don't feel our way into a new way of living either um, and things like that. So, so um, remember the old timers were real clear about that. You know, they, they, they told a lot of us, um, like if you shave a certain kind of way to shave a different kind of way, right? Look in the mirror and shave, you know, if you went down this way, then shave up or something like this, right? And that whole, that whole perspective was so we could see ourselves doing something different. We had to see, break, break, break these patterns that, that just kept us with this, this track of like who I am or who I was, who I was, who I was, is who I am, who I am, who I am. And that's a big line. And, and one of the things that, that was really helpful for me getting clean was doing this daily check-in with my sponsor. And, um, and that's what I still have my guys in, in the first year until they cycled through their steps is, um, is they call them, they do a daily check-in and it's something, it's something that just doing that check-in and it's, it's, it's not because I have anything to give them that, that that's magical or something like this, but it's, it's them that they can see themselves doing something consistent and different, you know, for, for, a, for a certain amount of time. And so, um, someone to share that. And then, uh, well, we we connect with uh, reality through action, but and and that's the thing. Sometimes it's like when when I get locked up in my mind, uh, and and I don't want to reach out to you or to you or to you. I'll be by myself. I'm disconnecting with reality. I mean, I'll live in fantasy, man, and I'll I'll you know things will be going good. And we're about to read about a little bit of that when things are going good, man. I'll burn the house down. That's just what I you know. That's just what I want to do. Man. I disconnect with the here and now, man. I'm just. It's almost like it's right here. It's in me to disconnect with the here and now. But 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 what kind of keeps me tethered? It's that next sentence. You know, I got it highlighted in little marks next to it. We show up and we do our part. And we show up and we do our part. And in that whole scheme, like I need you folks to be able to, to, to be there so I can show up and do my part. And just I think there's like a lot of stuff right there in those couple of sentences to unpack. So it's gonna be my comments. I'll pass. Thanks, Doug. So I just want to touch on a couple of things. So um, we experiment with jobs, relationships, and service commitments. And, you know, first of all, I had to figure out what I was good at and who I was good with and how I can serve. And I'm not going to go in, into the whole relationships part because those experiments were like, hand me the matches, like Doug was talking about a lot of times. But it's not just about men. I had to experiment with relationships with women and friends and bosses and my family. Oh my Lord, my sisters. Um, I mean, I love, I love them, but I found out that I can't hang out with them for very long without getting a little um, forgetful of where I, <laughs> where I am headed. Um, and then uh, one other thing was, um, even when we make mistakes, we can learn something vital about ourselves. And for me, it's not we can, it means I usually do because mistakes are where the rubber meets the road, right? Like um, I've made tons of mistakes at jobs, relationships, uh, and service commitments, um, you know, and in every area of my life. And that's always where my biggest growth is is where I, when I stub my toe, something little, I learn a little, right? 
But when I fall and break my nose, I learn a little bit more. And when I like need a body cast, that's when my biggest growth is, right? Like that's just how it is for me. Okay, so um, like, oops, I ran into that telephone pole. That's probably a big mistake, right? And I learn some big things like don't speed, when to hit the brakes, don't do whatever, right? Um, but I'm talking more about like uh, emotional mistakes anyways, but those are just some um, visual things that I think about. Like when I, um, when I was, or you know, I made a couple of really big mistakes and it caused some, um, some big arguments and I didn't handle it well. I didn't handle it well. I got emotional. I got, and when I get emotional, I know it's really hard to believe, but I get a little bit mouthy. And uh, I just turn into that, like that dragon, like I just want to bite your head off, just give me a second and I will. Um, and I usually do. And then I have to come back and make all these amends. So then the next time when somebody starts to um, talk out of the side of their neck at me or whatever, I'm like, you know, uh, handle it better. Like I'm more calm. I don't react. I, I can take a minute and respond. Um, so every mistake that I have made, I have learned something about myself. Like I'm sensitive, I'm um, mousy, I am not good with certain types of men, I'm not good with certain types of women, I'm not good at certain types of um, service commitments, and there are jobs that I just flat won't do. So. That's what I know about myself, but I learned all that in Narcotics Anonymous because when I got here, I didn't know how to do anything, who the hell I was, what type of people I wanted to hang out with, or what type of people wanted to hang out with me. And I definitely didn't know anything about serving others. So I'm super grateful for that just right there. With that, I'm going to ask, is there anybody else who wants to share in those first two paragraphs? No? Paul, why don't you... Bring us into connection to ourselves. I'd be happy to. All right, here we go. Connection to ourselves. It can take a long time to set ourselves free. <sighs> it can take a long time to set ourselves free. When we come to recovery, we have been devastated in many ways. Although living clean isn't all about crisis, it can sometimes seem that way. Our feelings are so powerful. There is so much change in our lives and change can be messy even when it's positive. Our personalities and our sense of who we were warped by our addiction. And when we get clean, we are even more confused. It can be a while before we have the opportunity or the need to ask, okay, who am I now? We change in recovery, but we also uncover who we were all along. We find ourselves. For many of us, this is the restoration the second step talks about. It may even be a restoration to a state we've never experienced before because we've never had the chance to be ourselves without pretending, without hiding, without trying to be something else. There may be many different ways we describe ourselves and the ones that seem most important can change depending on where we are in our lives. Identity is a confusing word. It indicates the things that make us different from each other and the things that make us exactly the same. Our identity is composed of the things that distinguish us either as part of a group or separate from it. We are as different as our stories, but our lit literature reminds us that addiction makes us all one of a kind. Yeah, I... Um, <laughs> It's funny that this is what I'm reading. I, um, I spent my whole life being other. And um, kind of after the fear of it, I kind of embraced it. And so when I came to Narcotics Anonymous, I, I, I didn't know how to be a part of something. I was always kind of railing again, you know, all right, we want you to be honest. All right, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to come up in this meet and tell you all the fucking gory details of every bathhouse I've ever been in and what happened and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and wait for you to say, well, everybody can keep coming back except you. And you know what? It never happened. 
And I think on some level, I was hoping it would happen because I wanted the reason to, to say, ah, this doesn't work. You know, I'm looking for the reason to get out. And, and, the, and you never gave me the reason. I gave myself plenty of reasons to get out. Um, but fortunately, uh, fortunately, I've, I've stayed around long enough to, to work through those. I am in the process of moving. And so today was picture day. I went through all of my photographs today and, and kind of rearranged. And um, there, was a, there was pictures from 1988 when I first got, the first time I got clean. And um, there was this 27 year old, you know, at conventions and, and, and you know, functions and stuff. And, and, um, and I just looked at him with kinder eyes of a 60 year old. And I just, if you're out there and you're new, if you stick around, you'll be able to see yourself with kinder eyes. And, and what seems like that's so, that's so the end of the world, whatever you look like, whatever pounds are there, whatever, you're too skinny, you're too this, you're too that, you're too, all of those, all that shit that we tell ourselves to disqualify ourselves from love. And the stuff we shot dope over, the stuff we drank over, the stuff we snorted over, the pills we took, because we didn't think we were worthy of love. you will see yourself differently at some point if you stay clean. And, uh, and, and look, learn from an old man. You can make that change. You don't have to wait till 60. You can, you can make some change. And you know, look, I didn't, it didn't happen today. I've had kinder eyes for myself for a while. And it is a process and it does take a long time. But you get, look, you don't have to wait 20 something years. You can, this process of working steps and traditions and coming to meetings and calling your sponsor and all that shit we keep repeating over and over and over ad nauseum in these meetings, I can't believe they're still talking about. It, it will allow you to be kinder and open up and be a part of and have that connection with yourself. And that's what this is. And, and look, the, the, the last four chapters we just read is all about it's it's talked about journeys and growth and it's all and hope it hope is not static. This is a movement. This this recovery is moving. If you were doing the same thing that you were doing a year ago, do something else. Paul, do something else right? It is, it is always changing. Thanks. Who else? Jane. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm, uh, I was thinking here that I think it's wonderful that they tie in the whole thing about uncovering who we are or were but with the hope that in the process, if I keep moving forward, if I keep doing the actions that I can create and recreate myself, uh, not just figuring out who I am, but who I want to be and then doing it. You know, I, I just love that part that, that I can live a life today that for the most part, for the most part, I can do it without pretending, without hiding, with trying, without how, trying to be somebody else. Every once in a while, I'll find myself putting on some kind of air uh, to try to be something that I'm not. And uh, isn't it cool that it's not that I don't do it sometimes, it's that I catch myself. I know what I'm doing. And, um, and I wasn't even aware of any of that stuff when I first got here. And I, I really think it's important, uh, Paul touched on it, is this is a process. Recovery is a process. And it, it's, re, it's recovering, it's a forward, it's not static, it's not still. Um, that wherever you're at right now doesn't mean you can't be different later on. I, uh, 
there's so much about me that I know about me, good and bad, and um, and it makes up the package. And I've, I've discovered over time and practice and steps in in different experiments with different service work that something that worked for me in the first couple of years doesn't work for me as much today as it did then. That doesn't make what I did bad or what I'm doing bad now. It just means that I'm changing and recreating and I'm a different person today than I was before. And I, I love the fact, and I think it's real important for new people. I had a gal last night in the meeting that said, this is too hard. This is too hard. This is awful. I can't like it. And I, I just, all I could say to her is you're right. This is hard shit. It's hard shit. And you may not be able to get it the first couple of times, but if you stick around long enough, uh, you get an opportunity to find out what addiction is what the process of recovery is and who you are and who you can be. And, um, and as a old fart around here, I'd like to remind people, you know, it's worth it. That's the hope I can give you. It's worth it. Uh, it just stay around long enough, whether you change today or next week, doesn't matter. Just stay around long enough um, for it to happen. So anyway, and the other part is the identity. Uh, I used to identify myself uh, um, just as a mom, and then a grandma, and then a worker, and then a motorcyclist, uh, biker. I advanced to biker, and then, <laughs> and I used to put on little different outfits. And I, uh, when I put on the different outfits, I'd put on the little persona that goes with it sometimes. And uh, and uh, and then somewhere along the line, I discovered I'm all of those things and a few bucks more. You know, I'm just all of those things. And uh, and that and sometimes the recreating is the fun part <laughs> messy as hell but it's kind of the fun part too so uh, i'm not done i'm gonna hit 70 in about three weeks but i'm still getting started here okay <laughs> i'm not done at all and one of those is i'm not done sponsoring or doing service work or uh or having relationship with my sponsor today not last year today thanks a lot Thanks so much, Jane. First, Des, and then Jennifer. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to um, comment on the line in here that has always struck me really deep is it says, um, it may even be a restoration to a state we've never experienced before because we've never had the chance to be ourselves without pretending, without hiding, and without trying to be something else. And for me, I started using so young, like, pre, you know, single digit young, that I never got an opportunity to find out who I was. And when I got clean, I came into NA and I was so afraid to be kicked out because I had been kicked out of so many places before that for the first 10 years, I just did what I was told. And I remember when I had 10 years clean, I was um, in South Africa and I was doing some research with my job. And I made a decision that it was time for me to make some decisions that I liked for myself. And I asked myself this question, okay, who am I now? I mean, that really like resonates with my spirit because I, I remember being there in that moment and saying, who am I now and who do I wanna be? And then knowing that the freedom in Narcotics Anonymous allowed me to make some changes to grow into where I'm at today. And that was like 16 years ago. And um, my life has changed so much since that time. You know, when I had 10 years clean and made a decision to figure out who I was and, and do the things that I wanted to do. So, um, so yeah, so that really hit me. And I was like, oh yeah, I never had the chance to be the person I am today, but I have it now because of NA. So thank you for letting me share that. Thanks, Deb. Jennifer? Uh, the really short sentence that says our feelings are so powerful um, really resonates with me. And I heard a speaker a long time ago at a convention <clears throat> say that, that one of the greatest gifts that he got was to feel one way and move another. And, and what I took that as is just because I'm having a feeling about something and it's really powerful doesn't mean I need to react and act on that immediate feeling, which is what I did when I was loaded, right? And what I did when I first got clean and what I still do sometimes today. But the gift that I have today is that 
I don't have to let my feelings dictate who I am or how I'm going to act. Um, and I'm still practicing that a lot. And from what I found and what my sponsor reminds me of still to this day is that my feelings are not facts, right? I can be in a situation with two other people and it, the same thing is going on and all three of us feel very differently about it. And it doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's right, but it also doesn't mean that it's actually true. It's just a feeling and it's gonna move on. And then I'm gonna go to the next one and the next one and the next one. And all of the stuff about finding myself and learning who I am is by stopping and not reacting and not immediately uh, jumping into this feeling so that then later down the line, I have to figure out, well, why did I do that? Um, and instead I've been able to find myself and really find out who I am by <clears throat> going through all that change um, and not, you know, and just for an example, like my entire weekend was based on sugar and bread, right? Things that I don't normally eat. And all of a sudden on Friday, I decided I was going to eat pizza. And on Sunday, I was saying, I'm going to not eat like that on Monday because I need to finish the cake that's still here on Sunday. And all of it was is because it tastes good and it felt good and it was good. And then Monday I wake up and I'm sick, right? Like I'm literally physically ill. And I'm like, you would think that I might stop on Saturday and say, this isn't good for me. Or maybe even Sunday morning, wake up and man, like I got to stop. Like, it's like, no, you know? And so all of those feelings that I was having over the weekend of, I was having fun and I was at a party and I was doing this and I was doing that, just all of this stuff. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to have one piece of cake. And then I'm eating Oreos at 11 o'clock at night in the pantry with the potato chips. And I'm just like, and all of this was based on some feelings of like, this feels really good. And I really want more and I want more and I want more and I want more. And I was like, and this is the thing for me that reminds me every day that I'm an addict through and through. There is no doubt in my mind every day, there is some thought or something that I do that reminds me that more is better, right? More is better. I want more, I want more of you. I want more of them. I want more of that cookie. And, and I stop myself and I go, okay, right. Like now I know what the next step is, but I just, I, those daily reminders for me re make me realize that I can't just go to a bar and have a glass of wine. I can't just go do something because I think it's going to feel good for a minute because those consequences are too great. It doesn't mean I'm not going to eat Oreos tomorrow. Um, I hope I don't, but, um, but you know, I just am so like grateful that I see it. I don't always fix it right away. Um, I, sometimes I need a body cast, Eva, but, um, but you know, <laughs> so be it, but, uh, but I'm still learning every day. Right. And, uh, I'm, I'm not set at pass. I see it, Brian, really quick. I was just going to say, my sponsor always tells me how many consequences are you willing to pay for? I mean, are you willing to, to do good or bad? How many consequences? Like if you're going to eat the whole damn cake, are you willing to deal with the consequences? And you know how that and how that affects you, and I'm like, so, Brian, go ahead. Thanks, Eva. Um, you know, it's funny that Paul brought up old photographs because, um, like a, a quick story. Saturday night, I was laying on the couch and I was watching like some UFC fights or something, and like, there's not many people in my area that knew me from from my active addiction, but the one guy. He, he must uh, I don't know where he found these pictures at, man, but like he sent them to me and it was like the last thing that I was expecting to see. And they were like photos from an old party that I was at, like multiple parties or something. But like I remember like the clothes that I used to own at the time, but like I don't remember anything that happened at any of these events. And like I was just thinking to myself, like this is what this is what you used to look like, man, like a hot mess you know people always used to say I was a hot mess and I needed to get clean and like finally that message you know resonated with me and I decided to get clean but like I would remember like my old thinking would be like man you know you need to get back to that that party get back to that scene but what recovery has taught me is to is to play the tape in the opposite direction it's like yeah you could do that but think about what's going to happen you know when you do that, when you do that, you know, like jail, back to rehab, possibly dead, you know, so that's, that's the blessing of this program, like the change that happened in me is, um, you know, 
I start to see addiction for what it really is and how big of a lie that it is. And I, I love the person that I am so much more today than that old person. Like the comparison can't even be made. And like um, it talked about that freedom and, and as bad as things can get sometimes, you know, it always comes back to uh, I'm living free today. And I, I kind of have an idea of who I am today. And, and that's someone that can be loving. That's someone that can be a good friend uh, a good a good help to his family and like all the things that I never was in addiction like those are the changes that have started to take place in my life you know with just you know shorter two years clean so I know like the the limits are endless you know there is no limit to recovery and growth and um, that's why I hold on to my recovery I, I protect my clean date with my life um, you know I don't want to go back to to that same person that I was and um, I, I just adventured off into a, a new job, which is more like a lifestyle um, than a job. But I know that, like, as long as I take my recovery with me, you know, whether I'm on the road or, or I'm working close to home, like, I know that I need to keep this first. Um, make sure that if I can't make it to a meeting, I'm in my literature. Um, I'm, I'm reaching out to the foundation that I built. And, um, you know, I know that I don't have to use today no matter what. And, uh, what a feeling that can be. So thanks. Thanks so much, Brian Lee. Thanks, Eva. Um, I'm, so much of the sharing has just resonated with me and it's because I'm really tired. And when I'm really, really tired, my feels are just like everywhere. Um, so I'm gonna fall back to, to the recreating and then try to bring it up into now. <clears throat> And Doug, Doug said, burn it down. And I was like, man, I remember married three, almost four years clean. Um, wanted to change careers. The marriage wasn't working. Burnt the whole thing down to the ground. Just destroyed it. And, and I was a child addict. You know what I mean? I detoxed off heroin at 14. Um, I wouldn't suggest that to anyone. Um, so by the time I got here, I had no clue who I was. There was no identity whatsoever. It was just this chameleon life, period. Got here, Tasmanian devil. And then I would recreate and build and then change would happen. And oh wait, I'm not a, 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 a sales manager anymore. Who am I now? And, and that part of the change was always the most difficult for me. And then, and then on to the next thing. And, and there's been many, there's been so many, I couldn't even list them all in the brief amount of time I have to talk. But, but, but my point and what I wanna try to stay with, and I don't know why I'm feeling this right now. So I, I sold my company and then I took care of my mom for almost 10 years. Uh, Paul came home with his mom. I came home with my mom, really bizarro. And after that ended, that was the most difficult who am I now to, to navigate to, to what I'm, I guess, now becoming? Because I'm, I'm like, uh, what's her name? Uh, famous actress, 75 years old. She said, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I have felt that way my entire life. Now, because of Narcotics Anonymous, I've been fortunate. I've created an amazing life. And I do say, because of Narcotics Anonymous, I really need to emphasize that. And, 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 and Jane nailed it. You know, I'm all in the more will be revealed. It's crazy. I looked at my calendar. I'm out of town Wednesday through Monday for the next three weeks in a row. And one of those are out of the country. A lot of it has to do with NA. And a lot of it has to do with service. And Daz is not coming to the MZSS. <laughs> Her and I are service buds from, from 2018 conference. But, but anyway, in that evolution, I'm finding out more. And, and you know, that's the hit. That's the, the, the juice. Like today, I was at the hospital with my sponsor working on a tradition. Killing, you know, killing time at the hospital because there's nothing to do at a hospital. But that, that part of this journey reveals to me when it's time, what that next it thing, whatever you want to call it is and i'm pretty confident uh based in experience that that this will also reveal itself and and then we'll do that for a while 
I just wanted to, to put that in. Thanks, Eva. Thank you, Lee. Douglas, why don't you read the next two? All right. At some point, our identity as using addicts came to define us. At the end of the road, it seemed uh, like we were nothing but our addiction. As we stay clean, we begin to discover who we are. Some of us return to an identity we once knew and had lost. Others of us come into the process uncertain of who we might be. Experiences from our past can make it hard for some of us to see ourselves in new ways. The labels we have applied to ourselves don't allow us to change. Powerful emotional experiences can shape our identity. Sometimes they seem to define us. Those experiences made us who we are and we embrace them. For that matter, we might not want to see ourselves otherwise. Sometimes we are simply stuck in unresolved past experiences like abuse, prison, or the death of someone we love. How do we reconcile who we have been with who we are becoming in recovery? We want to be free of our past without missing any, oppor any opportunities to learn from it. Sometimes it can take a while for our sense of ourselves to catch up to who we are. We may even sabotage ourselves to return to familiar chaos or pain when our lives start seeming too different from what they had been. Gra gradually, we learn that much of our unmanageability we struggle with is a result of the chaos we make. Uh, when we begin to get comfortable with new choices, our lives change sometimes radically. My comments are going to be here. Um, last sentence in the in that first paragraph: We want to be free of our past without missing any any opportunities to learn from it. Um, <clears throat> I think I have a uh, you know how how sometimes that thing is talking about like we you know we forget things really quick or quick forgetters or you know whatever that however that sounds. Um, know a lot you know through inventory and I can see that when I'm in the when I'm in the middle of a chaotic situation or a painful situation you know my willingness is is all the way up right you know I'm, I'm ready what what do I need to do to to get on the other side of it when I'm on the other side of it when time starts coming you know there it's like maybe it wasn't that bad right maybe it didn't sting as much as it did you know and, I, and it's been really healthy for me to have um, have some of my inventories that I can read, you know, because like my my memory is like the, the worst artifact, but my inventories are a pretty solid one, you know. And and then maybe other people who walk through it with me too, you know. Um, um, and then they can they can kind of give that back to me and say, no man, look, you know, this situation that you're about to enter in, a couple of years ago you were doing the same thing, man, and it, and it, and it hurts right here. And you know, conversations like that has been really helpful and. And, uh, and this goes to what I was talking about earlier, this, this other sentence, we sabotage ourselves and return to familiar chaos or pain when things get a little bit too different. And I, I mentioned this last week, but Paul, I'm going to bring this up again, you know, because you were sitting right there, man, when we had this conversation, like I find myself, and, and folks, you know the deal, it's food, sex, and money, right? You know, and so, so, but I find myself, man, look, like I'll run head, I'll, like headstrong into, into, you know, old labels, man and like old patterns that just are not really fulfilling, right? And then the, the beautiful, the, the one of the most beautiful things that Paul had asked me was like, well, what's on the other side? If you don't, what's on the other side? If you don't, what's on the other side? And folks, that's what I would say. Um, if, if you're listening here and you're at that stage, man, of like, hey, let's burn the house down. I invite you to do this, man. Let me say the same that my sponsor told me. What's on the other side? Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, you know how we ask, like, what are you willing to do to stay clean? Right. That's one of the first things that we that we hit folk with. Let, ask ourselves, what are we willing not to do? And to stay clean and recover and feel this freedom. And what's on the other side? So I'm going to go ahead and pass with that. Thanks, Douglas. What you got, Paul? Uh, stuff's pissing me off. Um, Gradually, we learn that much of the unmanageability we struggle with is the result of the choices we make. What? I thought unmanageability happened to me as a result of my powerlessness. Oh, yes, Eva, fuck that, right? I, this happened to me. I'm a victim here. What? Oh, you mean all the crap has been my choice? Everything we know is subject to revision, especially what we know about the truth. That's the thing is like, 
if this, if this has been a choice, why have I been choosing it? Why do I keep choosing it? You know, like, why do I not, why don't I erase that voicemail on the voicemail? By the way, a full voicemail is a outward sign of unmanageability. Just for all of you who can't fucking erase a voicemail. What? I know, Des, what? Like, if I can't leave a message, there's a problem. And like, I'm 60 years old, I leave messages. I know you youngsters just phone and then hang up and expect me to call you back. I know. Everything's a choice. That's the whole thing that Narcotics Anonymous did for us. It did, you know, it went, wait, 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 wait. You don't have to do this. You don't have to live like this. You can choose something different. If you, if you don't pick up, you don't get loaded. Like it was like, what? That's brilliant. That's like Einstein shit. And everybody goes, that's not that, that's not that fucking, you know, highfalutin right there. That's not, you know, that's not rocket science, son. Don't get high and you won't get loaded. Oh, but somebody needed to say it. Somebody needed to say it. And look, that's the thing is all of this is about choices. And I get a myriad of them. And look, don't get stuck on the choice. Like I got to make the right choice. We were talking about consequences earlier. Look, just make the choice with some advice with some input from a higher power, from a sponsor, from people that you love and that love you. Make a choice, Paul. Like, oh, what am I gonna do? Where am I, how's it gonna work out? I don't know. Should I retire here? Should I not retire? Blah, blah, blah. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I, what's gonna happen? I'm, go, I'm getting all, oh. oh. You know, we talk about this. My third step is still in force. No matter what choice I make, my third step is always there. It's not, give me, you make a choice and if you make the wrong one, God goes, gotcha. That's not what happens. It doesn't happen like that. Now, some choices are worse than other, like picking up, that's a bad choice. I got a sponsee who I love dearly, was, you know, just made a year back out. And it, you know, I keep sending, I keep sending a text, love you. That's all I can do, because that's it. There's no, there's nothing else to say. There's not, love you. Hopefully, you know, we'll be here when you come back. But my, my primary purpose is to stay clean. Our primary purpose is to carry the message. I, my primary purpose is to stay clean. So I'll be here when and if. Thanks. I'm looking around. Oh, there we go. Barbara, bring it. I'm Barbara Natick. Um, a lot of things jump. It seemed like we were nothing but our addiction. I can remember being in treatment um, in 93. And uh, one of the counselors saying, when you, when you were a little girl, did you grow up and say, when I grow up, I'm going to be a junkie. And that was like, uh, you know, you have these little epiphany or these little turning points in recovery. And for me, that was... Um, you know, that like, no, I didn't, I didn't, you know, so I, I wasn't just my addiction. You know, and I, when I first got clean, my sponsor had to be where I came from. The sponsor I have today is where I want to go. You know, that, that stuff. And this where it says it can take a long time to set ourselves free. That tells me I got to do the work. I got to do the steps. I'm in therapy. I do a therapy that is free association. And what it does is it empowers me. I figure stuff out and it helps me process stuff. And that's also what the steps do. You know, they empower me. They help me process my life. That's who I found out. We find ourselves. How I found Barb was I had to revisit all these Barbs. You know, I had to go back to street Barb. I had to go back to that little girl, you know, that I hated. And I tried to change with drugs and I had to go back and embrace her and love her, you know. And I do love her today. I hated her when I was a teenager, you know. And um, the labels we have applied to ourselves don't allow us to change. You know, it's, some of it has been so painful and so slow. Street Barb has been years. My sponsor was just saying, you know, why are you holding on to this? It doesn't serve you well, you know? And, and um, 
I can't tell you, except, you know, so we all are life experiences and a lot of things it's, you know, you hold on to them tighter. You know, it's, it's been slow process for me to get vulnerable, to be powerless. You know, I could be powerless over drugs, my addiction, but to be powerless over out here in life and a lot of other things, people, my son, you know, that was a process. And unfortunately I had to go through pain to, to, um, to get to that, you know? But I know it's it's a journey that um, revisiting, you know, what I've had, I've been through the abuse, I've been through the death, you know, all that stuff, you don't just heal overnight, you're not an abused woman who just comes in and gets poofed, you know, looks at it in therapy, and it's, you know, you, you get, you heal from abuse by not taking abuse for many years, you know, that's how you, how I have healed from it, and a lot of this stuff, you know, prostituting on the streets, it's taken me a long time you know, to have dignity and self-respect and do esteemable things to, you know, I did that to me. I was self-destructive in my addiction. I was many years in recovery doing self-destructive behaviors. I was, I was not eating healthy. I was smoking cigarettes. You know, I was doing things that were on. And I used to say, why do you still want to kill yourself? You know, but it took what it took. Today, I do everything I can to live, including I eat no flour, no sugar. You know, I have a way of eating everything. I quit smoking. You know, I've had to give up so much in recovery. And I did it piecemeal. I didn't come in and just do it all. I was 10 years clean when I gave up cigarettes. You know, I was 17. Then I gained, I went up to 224 pounds and I was 17 years clean when I, you know, took the weight off. You know, and then now I'm dealing with uh, the, the, where we were talking about um, our identity. You know, my son, I just had to turn him over and find out who is Barb. I'm not Nick's mom. I'm Barb in recovery. You know, who is Barb? Get a life. You know, so I, my identity is, has, has changed throughout recovery. You know, it's constantly evolving. You know, and that's what's so awesome about this way of life, you know, to see who Barb really is. And through the steps and through therapy, I do know who Barb is today, you know, and, and, I, and I can be whoever I want to be, you know, and it's pretty, it's, it's a pretty awesome way to live and, and, you know, to set ourselves free, you know, there's this joke, how many, how many um, uh, psychologists does it change, to, does it take to change a light bulb, one, but the light bulb's got to be willing, I got to be willing, I got to do the work, I'm not going to change I'm not going to get poofed. Wish I, you know, I got that magical magnifying mind that thinks I'm going to get poofed, but guess what? I'm not. I got to do the work. So I'm grateful to be here. I love all you guys. Paula, was your hand up? Okay. Um, all right. So for the next two, uh, how about um, Des, why don't you read the next two paragraphs and share a little bit on that? You got about eight minutes. Great. What makes us happiest are the things are things it may never have occurred to us to want. Some of us have the experience of lost dreams awakening, awakening, picking up our desires where we left them, and finally living the lives we had always wanted. Others of us find that the dreams we left behind no longer fit the people we have become. We come in with a regrettable history of broken promises and broken dreams of dishonesty, betrayal, and failure. Believing we are worthy of the things we want can be its own process. We may have been afraid to dream at all. Some of us punish ourselves in recovery for years, holding ourselves back from joy because we feel we don't deserve it. The tools and the love we find in NA can help us break, free, break from these patterns no matter how long we have been living with them. We can get stuck in patterns too quickly. Vigilance is necessary to keep our old patterns from resurfacing. Something needs to break the circuit of our negative thinking. It may be an action we take like meditating or going to a meeting. It may, it may be an action someone else takes. Our friends and sponsors come to know us well enough to recognize when we are off course and help us make a shift. When we are living just for today, we find courage that we never expected, and we go forward into our lives with joy, excitement, and great help, great hope, I'm sorry, for what is possible. But when we dwell in the past or worry about the future, we find ourselves trapped again almost before we knew what happened. 
wow <laughs> that's really so fitting for where i'm at right now it's so crazy it's never crazy like the literature always fits right so um the whole lost dreams awakening and the new possibilities arise for me um i remember when i went to my very first large na function and it was a halloween function and the woman sharing said that um she had just finished a degree and that was part of what she was sharing and i was like 25 years old and i had about four months just over three months clean almost four months clean and um I decided right then and there that that was a great story, but it was never going to be my story because when I was in active addiction, I had been walked out of many universities and told that I wasn't worth educating and I wasn't worth the time. And I, I just, I just thought, well, that's, that's good for her. Congratulations. I'm glad you can share that. I'm never going to share that. I'm really glad she's here. And uh, when I had eight years clean, I needed to take a course at a university that I had been kicked out of. And when I applied for the class, my um, they came back and said, this student can't go here. We don't want her on our campus. And I had to explain to my boss who didn't know I was recovery, what that meant. And um, he helped me make an appeal and ask for forgiveness and tell him I had a new life. And none of this, I didn't plan any of this. It just happened. And I found myself going back and taking that course. And when I had um, nine years clean, I went back and finished a degree and I just got done, like not even a week ago, presenting my um, dissertation for the finale of my PhD. And uh, and I'll tell you, I, I remember being a little kid and being like, I want to be successful and I want to do cool shit, but I didn't know how to make it happen. And nobody in my family did things that were esteemable like that, you know? And um, so, yeah, how fitting, how cool. So thanks for letting me read that and, and just... Anybody that's out there that says that's not my story, don't sell yourself short because we don't know what's going to happen in Narcotics Anonymous. I never saw it coming and it's here and my life is amazing. So thank you for letting me read that. Wow, Des, that just gave me some big chills. So congratulations. Uh, I'm going to um, speak a little bit about this right here. Our friends and sponsors come to know us well enough to recognize when we are off course and help us to make a shift. So um, first of all, for that to happen, I have to be willing to put myself out there enough and often enough so that they know me well enough to call me on my crap um, and say, hey, girl, come here. You're going the wrong way. And sometimes I look over there and I go, no, nah, I'm good. And sometimes I go, okay, here I come, you know? And sometimes it takes them just grabbing my arm and saying, girl, you're coming anyways. You don't get a choice today. You don't get to go over there. Like quit looking over there. So, um, but it's really important. Um, and maybe this is because I'm coming back from a women's retreat and it's all like, you know, I'm, I got all my feel goods from all my women, but um, I had to make, <laughs> there was a time in my recovery I would not go if it was all women. And um, the one chick that I hung out with wasn't going. And did you call your sponsor? Oh, sure, sure. No, no. No, no, this girl didn't for the first couple of years. And um, if you if you want what we have, you have to do what we do. And, and that's what I heard, right? Is like, and another person said, you know, um, step four, you have to uncover, discover, and discard. You have to uncover all the things, discover all the things that you like, and discard the things that you don't. And then you find out who you are. And I was like, that was just way too simple for me to, like, to grasp at first. But then I like started to get it like, oh, I can get rid of some of this, this shit, some of the bad things or the things that I considered bad about me. Um, I know them now as character defects. Back then, I just thought I was bad, right? Like, well, then you're going to have to get rid of me. Like, if you take me out of the fold, right? But what I found out while doing the steps is that um, there's some assets there too, you know, and um, one of the things is that I am, um, I love to care for people. I care about people. I love to take care of people, um, especially people that are moving from this life to the, you know, to the next, to the great beyond, whatever you want to call it. And um, 
hospice type stuff and very good at it. And um, so my, my higher power has put in my life multiple people for me to take care of, but it's not a job that I do um, that I get paid for. It's just something that I do as service, right? Um, and I found out that was something that I liked about myself. But um, for our friends and our sponsors to know, like this group of guys on this thing, they like call each other up or text each other. I think they text because they're new, more new age, but, and they're like, like Brian was talking about road trip and everybody's like in, you know, um, for women, it's a little bit harder. I think when they first get here, because women are always in such competition, we're always each other's competition. And, and for me, um, that's how it was. And I just want to say this, if you're listening and you're a woman, we're not here to be your competition. We're here to love you. So uh, it's okay to say, hey, what's up, girl? And um, when we invite you, it's because we really want you to come. And with that, I'm going to say thank you. Um, thanks, everybody. This has been a great study, and I can't wait for next week. So have a good night. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.